This episode is a talk that I gave to an online conference of activists on May 30th, 2020. It draws heavily from my book, The Intactivist Guidebook, which you can find on my website and Amazon and in the show notes for this episode. You can find a visual version of this talk on my YouTube and Vimeo channel with slides. Now, here is my presentation on The Intactivist Guidebook. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have Brendan Marotta, the Director of American Circumcision. Uh, Brendan can be found at his website, brendanmarotta.com, and on Twitter. And uh, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Brendan Marotta. I've been watching all day. I didn't. I don't think anyone else got an introduction. I feel special now. That was, thank you. Um, so yeah, so like you said, uh, a little bit about me. I'm the director of the film American Circumcision which is a feature-length documentary about the intactivist movement. And what I'm going to be talking about today in this talk is what I've done so far, the, the impact that film has had, and then what sort of problem that film was trying to solve. And then the next project that I'm working on and what problem it's trying to solve. So um, when I made the film, I was trying to solve a very particular problem, which was how can we share the message of this issue? In other words, when, when you tell someone about this particular issue, many times they haven't heard of it, they're not familiar with it. Um, and so I wanted to make something that would allow people to hear about it. So here's how that turned out. Um, we won multiple awards at film festivals. We screened across the country. There's me doing a public speaking and there's me talking about it on a online news channel. Uh, we were talked about by the press, so we had a number of articles written on it. And um, we were talked about by public figures. So Joe Rogan talked about it. The, the lead actor of Shazam talked about it. And we were talked about for the first time ever by Andrew Yang, a American presidential candidate. By the way, I, I know I was told to speak slowly because not everyone has English as a first language. But uh, I'm also, uh, I have an Italian family and they speak very quickly. So I will try to go at a slow, slower pace but if I uh, go too quickly, let me know. And um, Andrew Yang, by the way, he specifically said that he became aware of the intactivist movement through the documentary American Circumcision. So there's an interview where he talks about that. Um, and then we were also distributed on major platforms. So these are all the places that the film is available, uh, including Amazon and, of course, Netflix. And we were on, we were on Netflix. Uh, when, when we were on there, we trended. So we were in the popular this, you know, this week area on Netflix. Um, and that's actually really huge because Netflix at the time we trended had 139 million subscribers. It's a little bit less in the United States, but we are not just on the United States Netflix. We're in the entire English speaking Netflix. So uh, America, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and they have 182 million now. So if less than 1% of Netflix users have seen the film, over 1 million people have seen the film American Circumcision on Netflix alone. And Netflix doesn't share their data, so I, also, I have better data on things like Amazon and Vimeo, but we're, they don't give that information to me directly. They just sort of pay a flat fee for the film. But even if only 1% have seen, that's over a million, right? And keep in mind, we trended. So among the things on Netflix, we were one of the more popular ones. So that makes American Circumcision the most seen piece of media on the intactivist movement ever made. And I think in terms of getting the message out, we were really successful. So if, if in just in terms of sharing the message, 
we reached more people than any other piece of media ever made. Yet, circumcision continues. And so, on the one hand, we had this huge impact, but on the other hand, it's not over yet. And so, one of the things I was thinking about after the film came out was that if ending circumcision was just about sharing the message, shouldn't we have won? So if you, the, I think there's this sort of unspoken idea in the intactivist world that if we just tell people enough about this issue, eventually it will end. Well, this reached a million people and it's still happening, right? So if that's true, if there's more to ending circumcision than just sharing the message, what is it? And so that question was something I was really focused on for the past year. I spent the year after the film came out researching activism, trying to understand the question of social change, thinking about, okay, if it's not just sharing the message, what is it? And so this is a sampling of some of the books that I read. Uh, if you're interested in reading these, by the way, the one on top, How Change Happens is the best of that entire stack. And at the same time, I was doing all this research for the past year, basically most of 2019. I had people who'd seen the film who would message me and ask, what can I do to make a difference on this issue? So I saw the film, it made a huge impact in me. I've had people tell me it changed their life, it moved them emotionally. What can I do to make a difference? And I wanted an answer I could give to them as a follow-up to the film. So this is the way you make a difference. And that was the question that I was researching myself at the same time is what's actually gonna create change? And so after a year of thinking and researching, I found an answer or came to an answer more, more likely, put, put things together from different places and I felt compelled to write. And so I put together a book that is coming out this month called The Intactivist Guidebook, which is about answering this question of how to end circumcision, what it will take to actually do activism. And I wanted to share some of what I found in that research with you today. So in today's talk, I'd like to share a piece because it's a full book, a piece of that answer with you. Um, so to do that, let's just start with the idea of ending circumcision as an end goal, right? Like if we'll assume that's the end goal of intactivism, we'll put it at the top there and work backwards from that. Because very often when you wanna reach a goal, a great way to do it is to work backwards. So how are the, what are the ways that circumcision could end? Well, one way it could end is you could ban circumcision, right? And I know that this is way off in the future or it would take a lot of work to get there and it might not be the best way to end circumcision, but it is a way that circumcision could end. So we're just gonna list all the ways that it could end and work backwards to see which way is most likely. Another way of people have talked about ending circumcision is a lawsuit. So there's this idea you could file a lawsuit and you could show that it's already illegal, that cutting off a part of someone's body violates existing laws. And the third way, and I think the way that most people seem to feel is most likely is changing the culture. So even though it's legal, you could convince people that it's just not a good thing to do and get them to stop doing it because they're just persuaded of that perspective. So I think these are the three most likely, you know, if you want to stop a behavior or an action, you could make it so that people aren't allowed to do that. You could make it so that, or you could show them that they're already not allowed to do it, or you could make it so that even though they're allowed to do it, they just don't want to do it. It's not something they're interested in. 
And the interesting thing about these three options is that the closer you get to one, the closer you get to all of them. So if you change the culture and everyone agrees that circumcision is wrong, you're much closer to getting a ban because if everyone agrees that it's wrong, well, maybe they'll pass a law against it. If you do a big lawsuit, then you might get a lot of attention and the culture will start thinking differently about the issue. So I think all of these, if you do one, you know, for example, the, there was an attempt to ban circumcision of minors in San Francisco in 2012, and that got a lot of press. And I've, I've heard from some people that that's how they heard about the issue. So, so if you get close on one, you can get close on the others as well. Um, and I recognize that these aren't the only ways it could end. So I'm going to just put a fourth mystery option, dark horse option, something that we haven't thought of yet. So I recognize that those are the three most common ones I've heard about, but there's others. There's the idea that you could get doctors to stop performing circumcisions. There's the idea that you could use something like regenerative medicine to regrow the foreskin and show the value of that body part that way. Um, and there may just be something I haven't thought of. So I'm going to include that there as just like an unknown option, something we haven't thought of. Um, I think some of the ones I've just mentioned kind of fall in the category of changing culture. So if you were to convince doctors not to do it, that's changing a very particular culture. But for the, for the sake of this, I'm going to focus on these three. So how would you get to each of these three working backwards? Well, if you did a lawsuit, what would that take? Well, you'd need a lawyer and you need a really good lawyer and you'd need a lot of money because what I've heard from lawyers, uh, particularly David Llewellyn, who's prosecuted on this before, is that if you sue a hospital, then medical insurance will pay for the lawyers and they will pay for the best lawyers. And if you lose the court case, at least in America, you will have to pay the other side's legal fees, which will be around $100,000. So you need at least $100,000 in cash ready to bring a lawsuit. And if you're getting really good lawyers, you probably have to pay those lawyers. And you, and you need people who are really good lawyers to do it because they're going to be up against really good lawyers. So you need highly skilled lawyers and maybe a legal team or researchers or finding the right plaintiff. So I'm going to summarize those two things as money and skills. Skills being people who are skilled in the law or have a particular skill set in the legal realm. So the next one, a ban, what would it take to do a ban? Well, you can't do a ban alone. You need a lot of people. You either need a lot of voters or you need politicians who are willing to vote for your law. And politicians generally only vote for things that they think their constituents will support. So they don't want to do something that's unpopular. They don't want to go against the people who are voting for them. So you're going to need a lot of people, a lot of voters either way. Um, to run a political campaign, you need a lot of money, at least, again, in America. You, so you will need to have the money to bring a ban, to, to bring a large political campaign. And you're going to need people who are skilled in bringing that campaign. You're going to need people who are lobbyists, who have run political campaigns before, who are organizers, and who are understand the skill of politics. So, again, I'm going to summarize those three as people, money, and skills. It's a different skill set. It's a skill of politics in, in, in that area, but you're still going to need a lot of people and you need a lot of money, um, especially because there may be opposition groups who also have a lot of money and a lot of people who are skilled in politics that you're up against. 
So the last one, which we've sort of suggested might be the most likely one, changing the culture. What would it take to change the culture? Well, again, the culture is not set by one person. So you need a lot of people. Um, And culture is often determined through what those people are talking about and what reaches them, which is usually media. So you'd probably need to produce a lot of media to reach people in the culture or create something that gets everyone talking about your issue or this particular thing. And in order to produce media, you need people with a certain set of skills. So you need people who are good at producing films, producing advertisements, writing, publishing, all of those things. And you probably need money too, because all of those areas require specialized skill sets and they require equipment. And you're probably also going to have to pay some of these people. So if you're going to make a film, you have to buy a camera. If you're going to run ads, you have to spend money on advertisements. Um, I mean, advertising itself alone is a lot of money. So you're going to need, again, the same three things. You're going to need people, money, and skills. Again, a different skill set. It's a skill in media or communications, but it's still people with a highly specialized skill set. So what I find interesting about this is regardless of what the way uh, that you want to go about ending circumcision, you actually need the same things. You need people, money, and skills. You know, you could frame skills as different things. It's different things depending on which way you're going about ending it, but you're going to need those three things regardless of what path you take. And actually, even our mystery option, you'll probably need those as well. So if you are going to try to end circumcision by convincing doctors not to do it, well, you have to have a particular set of skills to communicate to doctors. And they're also being influenced, again, at least in America, by pharma companies, by insurance, by people who have a lot of money. And um, you're also going to need to reach a large group of those particular people, doctors. Um, Same if you're trying to do regenerative medicine. You know, if that's the way you're going about it, you need researchers, highly skilled people, and tons of lab equipment, which will cost money. So regardless of the way you go about it, you're going to need those three things, which means that If you want to end circumcision, we need to amass resources, people, money, skills. And I'm going to summarize those three as resources, even though they're slightly different. And I think that that is a really important realization because it's very different than the way that the intactivist movement is currently going about it. So most activists I know are not focused on gathering resources. They're using what I call a share the message model. And, and the share the message model is very simple. You have a message and you share that message in as many ways as you can. And I, if I were to summarize the message of the intactivist movement, it's that circumcision is harmful or bad or shouldn't be done. And so you have that message, you share it every way you can. You share it in protests and street protests and events like that. You share it in lectures and YouTube videos you share it on social media with memes and posts, and then you share it at, just by talking to people or at conferences or academic lectures or things like that. And there's a lot of debates around how you should frame that message. So some people say you should um, be very calm and logical because the facts are on your side. And some say that you should be really angry because this issue is really harmful. And some say you should be really very calm because we want to be compassionate to the people you're talking to. But all of these are just variations on sharing the message. 
And I think there's just this idea, if we just share the message enough, somehow that will end circumcision. Like we just share the message, something happens and everybody just agrees it's wrong and it stops. And working backwards, I don't know if that's true. Because looking at this, there's no end to circumcision that doesn't involve gathering a lot of people, having a lot of money, and having people who are highly skilled. Which isn't to say that sharing the message is not important, it obviously is, but somehow that message has to lead to these other things. It can't just be the message alone. There is a missing piece here that has to happen that allows us to connect that message to resources. So what is that missing piece? Um, to, to illustrate what I think is missing here, I'm going to just use an example that I've seen a lot at intactivist events, which is you have an activist, maybe they're at a protest or a conference or an event, and someone comes up to them and says, hey, man, I really agree with what you guys are doing. I'm so glad you're out here protesting this. I'm so glad you're saying something about it. I really agree with you. I've seen this happen at many intactivist events and everybody always cheers when it happens. They're really excited. Like, thank you. I'm so glad you agree with us. And then what happens? Well, if you're using the share the message model, then you, you did it. You convinced that person's circumcision was wrong and they leave and you never see them again. And they never contribute resources. They never volunteer. They never use their skills. They never give money. And so you're not actually any closer to ending circumcision. It feels good because you got the validation of that person agreeing with you, but nothing's actually changed. So compare that to how a business reacts when someone comes in and says, hey, I really like your product. The business doesn't go, wow, thanks. They say, great, would you like to buy something? And they'll do anything they can to try to get that person in their sales funnel. They'll say, you know, if you sign up for our email list, We'll, we'll give you something for free. Do you want to try a 30-day free trial? I even have this with my film. If you go to my film website, you can get a free clip from the film if you sign up for my email list. So that business will do anything they can to turn that person's support into money. So that person likes what they have. Great. Let me sell you something. And in activism, we don't just need money. We need people, money, and skills. So we actually need way more than a business does and have to be three times the salesman that a regular business would be. So I wanna show you what it would look like if you applied that principle to an activist event. So someone comes up to you, they say, hey, I really uh, love that you guys are doing this. I, you know, I totally agree with you. If you were running this like a business, you'd say, great. Uh, we do a lot of events like this around the year. I would love to invite you to the next event, the next protest we do, the next conference. Let me get your name and email or your phone number, and I'll send you an invite for the next one. Oh, and by the way, you might even throw in something for free. Um, let me give you some free info cards or some information we have, whatever it is. So the next time you do an event... That, you know, that person might walk, walk off, some will say yes, some will say no, but the next time you do an event, that person shows up. And now your organization or your group has grown. And if you keep doing that, 
if then that person does the same, you can grow and grow and grow and grow. And you're actually closer to ending circumcision because you're not just sharing the message, you're building an organization. So the way that you do that is through recruitment. It's that when you share the message, you don't just share the message, you share the message with the intention of asking that person to then join an organization and support you in material ways so that it's not just the same usual suspects showing up at every intactivist event. It's a growing thing where new people are constantly coming in and bringing new skills, bringing contributions of money if they have them and new people. So it's not enough to just share the message. You have to use that message to recruit people into an organization. And, and what I've given you here is probably the first chapter of information that's in the book. Um, we go into detail of a lot of other things in the book. We talk about how it is you recruit people. We talk about you know, different types of framing of the messaging, who you target with the message, how to scale that message through media, um, what it means to have people contribute their skills. We talk about, um, you know, I don't know if you, you've noticed, but in activist movements, there's very often a lot of drama between people, even though they're all working towards the same goal. And we talk about why that is and how you can build bridges and form allies. Um, we also talk about the opposition and their strategy, which is very different than the share the message model. They are not using that model. They're doing something very different. Um, and we talk about culture and how to further your position until you're close to that ending of circumcision. So I'm going to open up to questions now. I hope that was useful to you all. Thanks for listening. Uh Thank you for listening to The Brendan Murata Show. If you liked this episode, you will probably like my book as well. You can find a link to buy the book in the show notes for this episode. Thank you, and I will talk to you all later.